Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today, we have such an amazing conversation planned for you. I've got my friend Brandy Benson here, who is a speaker, veteran, author, cancer advocate, and the CEO and founder of Resume Advantage. Her story is so amazing, and I'm just dumbfounded by the fact that she'd reach out and want to be on the podcast. It's like... I want to have real people on here that have real topics to talk about and real stories. And she just maps every single piece of that out. So without further ado, Brandy, thank you so much for being here. I'm so pumped to have you. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for um, allowing me to share your platform and to talk to your listeners. I actually was um, Instagram stalking you for just a little bit. (laughs) I was thinking like, when's the right move to hit them up and let them know that, Hey, I would love to be on your show. So I'm super excited and appreciative. Well, I'm so thankful that you did that. I know that we had Kevin Hines, who's a mutual friend now, um, on the show. And I'm just... I'm thrilled that you would Instagram stalk and, you know, get on and (laughs) even reach out because for some reason people are like, Oh, I can't reach out. Like, no, like it's real people, real topics, real stories. I'm not looking for celebrities all the time. Like it's just not me. Um, some people thrive off of that. And I mean, it's good for ratings and stuff, but who cares? Like I, I'm not your typical podcaster. I'm not your typical interviewer. I'm not typical in any way. I'm just, um, young white 23 year old boy christian here in social circle georgia like just (laughs) i'm like people are like are did you move to nashville or this or that and i'm like no why can't i bring it here it's 2021 you don't have to have a manager you don't have to have this you don't have to have that like and just use that for inspiration for anybody listening that wants to start a podcast like i'm just a normal person you're just a normal person god just gave us some dope stories and that's why we're here so i really want to start off with having you share like the background of your story and uh what led you to be in a cancer advocate a veteran author speaker all of the things like you have such a slam packed story and I want to highlight that. I want to hear from start to finish what happened and what is continuing to happen from it. So let's mm-hmm. hear it. I am Brandon Benson. I was in Iraq um, in 2008 to 2009 timeframe. And during that time I was experiencing like extreme fatigue. I was so, 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 so tired. Like, beyond any tiredness I've ever felt in my life. I literally felt like I drank like 12 bottles of NyQuil. And, you know, when you're groggy the next day and you're just so exhausted, I felt like that for about three weeks. And I thought maybe, you know, maybe it's like this because I'm in the middle of a war zone. I'm in Iraq. I'm only 24 years old. I'm away from my family. So I'm kind of like trying to piece all these things together, trying to figure out why I'm so tired. None of it panned out. Didn't know, you know, why, why, why I was still feeling those symptoms. Um, it wasn't until later, after I was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma cancer, which is a very rare and aggressive cancer, and about 60,000 people um, a year will be diagnosed with this disease in the United States, like about half of them um, end up passing away, and then another half of them will end up passing away again um, because it's so aggressive and it always comes back. So just because you might make it to your two-year mark, it, it's like very... Um, what's the word? It's very known, uh, well-known sport to resurface and to come back again. And it comes back super aggressive. Uh, so I had Ewing sarcoma cancer and, um, those are the symptoms that I had was just 
being super exhausted, so, so tired. And I had a tumor that popped up out of nowhere. So during this time frame, the end of December, January time frame, uh, besides the tiredness, I had a tumor, a lump in my leg. And it was like the size of a peach. So it was about this big size of the peach in my leg and my adductor muscle and the inner muscle of your leg. And you couldn't see it. And I couldn't, it didn't hurt. And when I pushed it or moved it, nothing, you know, wouldn't go anywhere. And the only reason why I discovered it was because I was stretching that day and I took my left leg and put it up to my chest laying on the ground and I saw a huge lump sticking out. And I was like, what the hell was this? I, you know, what is this? So I go around from doctor to, you know, my, uh, my roommate to my NCOs. And I'm kind of just showing people like what this thing is in my leg. And so they say, you know what? You should probably get it checked out. I'm like, all right. So I go and I get it checked out. Doctors automatically think that something's wrong, but they can't diagnose me because I haven't had the proper um, testing done. So they tell me I have to go from, from Fob Echo, which is 86 miles south of Baghdad, to now I've got to go to Baghdad to get a CT scan. So I'm in Baghdad to get the CT scan. They now want to get an MRI. So I go from there to Longstone, Germany, I get an MRI. And then from there, they tell me that it's something called a nerve sheath tumor. So they misdiagnosed me for some reason. I have no clue why, but I got misdiagnosed with the wrong type of cancer. So when I get back to Walter Reed, which is, it was located in DC at the time in 2009, it was about February timeframe. Um, they have to do a new biopsy. And they had to make sure, for sure, that it's a nerve sheet tumor. So then they re-diagnosed me and tell me that it's a uh, Ewing sarcoma cancer. So now I know I have Ewing sarcoma cancer. And I start looking online about all the statistics and prognosis about it. And everything is terrible. I'm going to lose my leg. It's going to spread to my lungs, my spinal cord, my brain stem. You know, I'm not going to live past five years if I, if, I die, if I don't die this year. I'm just like, oh, my God. How could this be happening to me? I'm only 24. You know, I, was I a bad person? Is this my karma? Like, what the hell is going on? You know, like, yeah. what is going on? And I just felt so scared and I was so lost. And, you know, no one on that ward and no one that I knew had sarcoma. So I couldn't, like, talk to somebody and ask them what they're feeling, what's going on. And, you know, I just, I felt really, really lost for quite, we'll say about two to three months. Um, I was really hopeless and scared. And then because the doctors even didn't have any information to give me because they'd never run across a case of Ewing sarcoma before, let alone sar sarcoma in general. So they were telling me that they hope that the treatment works. They, you know, they're not too sure They're, you know, I might have to cut my leg off, but they, you know, we just, we're, we don't even know what's going to happen. So to hear that the doctors, who is your medical team, not even had eight days of treatment, five days off. I'm sorry, five days on, eight days off, five days on, eight days off. And I continued that for about 10 months. Um, I had lots of surgeries. They removed my adductor muscle. I had um, tons and tons of physical therapy. I had to learn how to walk again. I was just going through it, going through the ringer for yeah. that year, that time frame. So I did tons of treatment, self-reflection, trying to figure out what was going on and why this was happening to me. Um, but years later, after I heal, I get my life back together and I'm, I feel strong and 
um, uh, I feel like I'm still going to live and that I've made it past my five-year mark, everything starts coming to full circle. And I'm like, okay, I believe that I ended up getting this because I need to spread awareness about this type of cancer because nobody knows about it at all. So that's my goal now. That's my mission now. It's definitely just let people, the world know that there's sarcoma cancer out here and if people knew about it and knew about the symptoms, you could save your limb and your life. And the stage that I caught it in was in 1B. And when it was finally finished and done, I had the cancer was the size of a, um, a, uh, like a small watermelon. You know those watermelons? Mm-hmm. The small ones? It was huge, 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 huge. It was massive. But right now it's just spreading awareness about sarcoma. And I ended up having to get out of, um, of the army because I was sick. You know, I, I was basically like a hindrance to the military. I couldn't sprint run like I used to. I was not the same person in, anymore. But my goal when I went into the military was I wanted to become an officer. I wanted to retire in the military. I wanted to do all these great things. And the physical aspect of it was so easy to me. I've been athletic my entire life. So that was nothing hard. But to be a part of a huge, huge, amazing organization like the military was like a dream come true. But I wasn't able to sustain because I could not meet the physical demands of being in the military. So I had to get out and get, I got retired. What was that <laughs> like when you like obviously had to leave the military? That was your dream. That was your goal. What was it like mentally, like even like outside of the cancer, like that in itself, having your dream kind of ripped out from under you had to be hard mentally, physically, like the fatigue, like just all the uncertainty from that. What was that like? I was very lost. I was very sad. It felt like I didn't know who I was, what my purpose was or why I was doing these things because I had lived a life for 20 four years up until that time frame, being well known for whatever it was, you know, being really athletic and playing sports and uh, running and just doing all these really amazing physical things in the military and, you know, in sports and stuff. And so now to be told that I can no, no longer run anymore, I can't, uh, you know, do the physical demands of any workouts anymore. And that's what I've just like created my brand, my life with. Now I have to rebrand myself. Now I have to reinvent myself. Now I have to get to know who I am all over. Like, I didn't know what I was good at anymore. I didn't know uh, what my limits were. You know, it was just, it was a really sobering experience to have to refigure out everything. Even though I was only 24 and I have my entire life still ahead of me, but I had already planned what I wanted to happen. Now I have to go backwards and like figure out exactly what this path and these routes are going to be. It was just really, really hard, really, really hard for a while, especially getting out of the military because that was, that was, um, that was an organization that I not only wanted to be in so badly, but they like take care of you, you know, it's like <laughs> so a big family. I, it's a big, they, it is. And now I have to leave and be on my own. Oh my gosh, you know, like, how is that going to work? Will I get a job? You know, will my, will my military uh, schooling and skills translate into the civilian sector? Like what's going to happen? And then out of getting out of the military, I opened up resume advantage 
And it was really basically to help individuals like myself who are so lost and we didn't know what we were going to be doing and, you know, just trying to get out there in the world with my, this piece of paper that I didn't know how to like sell pitch myself with. So I, I created resume advantage and it really just, at first it just catered towards uh, the veterans getting out of the military, come to the civilian sector, but now it's branched off into a huge different dynamic. So now it's anybody who needs employment services and we're working on government contracts and really cool, amazing things, but it was hard. Do you feel like uh, without going through sarcoma and, you know, being told that you might live one year, you might live five, but probably nothing past that. Do you feel like without all of that, your entrepreneurship spirit would have peaked and resume advantage would have happened? What a great question. (laughs) The answer is no, (laughs) I don't think so. Because, and I even live it like now, like the cancer can be back anytime. So I literally try to do everything and anything I want because you never know how much time you have left. Life is so, so precious. Literally one moment you're healthy, you're happy, you know, life is going well. And then the next moment you're not healthy, you're not happy, you're sick, you're fighting a terminal disease. Life can be what you know it as taken away at any, any moment. So it really just propelled me and pushed me to just get out there. And even if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm doing it anyways. And I'm going to learn along the way, whatever that is. And so I always tell people like, you need to have a goal. It's extremely important to have goals and dreams and aspirations, but your goal, whatever that is, doesn't have to be a straight and narrow path to it. There's going to be lumps and bumps and jagged edges and dips and highs and lows, but it doesn't matter what the in-between is as long as you get to this goal because people get lost in the journey and if it doesn't look exactly how they want it or it doesn't mimic how they thought it should look, they miss out on all these opportunities. So I just learned that my goal is to write a book and I don't know how I'm going to do it. It's going to be presented somehow and it, it always ends up working out. But so just being present in the moment and just kind of you know, enjoying life, enjoying the journey, because that's what it really is. Yeah. And in that you said that when you're chasing towards these goals, it's not going to look like what you probably expected to look like. And you said there's Mm going to be lumps and bumps. How crazy is it that you literally had a lump (laughs) on your leg and it detoured your whole mindset, goals, career path, life, that thing at the time probably looked like it ruined your life yeah for me yeah i didn't have a physical lump in my mind i was just dying drowning like all of the things and i was living quote unquote the american dream 19 years old bought a house like people listening know my story like did all the cool things i guess at a very young age i've always been very determined and such but all of that was a result of me touring and doing all the things that I knew I was called and built to do as a person. Mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in a entertainment household. I had no connections. Like I feel like God opened those doors for me. Like, and just like, all right, kid, you want to go get it. Like <laughs> he, I didn't have anything handed to me. I will say that right. I, I was blessed with some work ethic and I used to be so ashamed to talk about that, but why not talk about it? Like who cares? Like I've got some work ethic. That's it. And 
I chased it and then, you know, anxiety and depression hit and it ripped all that out for three years of my life. 2018, wow. I finally went through therapy. I, I refused to admit I had a problem until 2018. Um, wow. So I was working for AT&T, corporate lifestyle, um, got the highest recognition uh, rep could get for AT&T, got sent to Cancun, got all the fancy glass trophies, all the crap that goes with it. But wow. inside... I was depressed. I was obsessed with making money because I thought it was going to cover up that depression and anxiety. 2018, I went through therapy and the girl I was dating at the time, like was like, Hey, go through therapy, you know, like, so she's amazing. I love that. Um, it's part of my story. And I went through therapy. I started making videos, putting them on Facebook and people started to resonate with it. And mm -hmm. I started at the time, the blog was just my name, Trevor Tyson, whatever. And then, you know, just moving forward, it was like, Oh, like I've always been infatuated with like Jimmy Fallon and Jay Leno SNL. And mm -hmm. I, I was like, Oh, that could never happen. You know, I could never get picked up by a network. And you know what? That daggone might be true, but who says I can't start my own. And exactly. so now it's like just kind of segueing in on the conversation. You had the physical lump and bump. I yeah. had a very mental lump and bump, but I walked into AT&T as a manager. I'd just taken a store from like number 300 out of 400 something stores in the company to number one. Wow. And I, I had, I got through the holiday season. I was losing interest. I was losing interest. I started chasing the mental health aspect of life and chasing overcoming that. And I did my first two festivals, which were like thousands of people, which I never thought I'd get to again because of the anxiety and such. I did those. It was amazing. I was struggling with panic attacks the whole time, but I knew I was supposed to be there. Yeah. I walk in AT&T one day. I'm like, I'm done. I'm literally done. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm done. I left. And from that moment, you know, it hasn't been as awesome as people would expect just hearing the story. Like I've had days where I'm like, how am I going to pay my mortgage? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? Like, how are these things going to happen? But they do like if you work hard and you chase what you have and i believe i'm looking at a vision board behind you yes. map these <laughs> things out so with all that yeah. being said like i didn't have a physical vision board but i have i had aspirations i had goals i was like i want to go um interview on the red carpet i want to yeah. do festivals i want to have my own talk show and even if it's not on nbc or any network and now like i tell people don't chase that you don't have to have management you don't have to have this you do it yourself you invest right. in yourself yes. like yes if you're going to start a podcast spend some money to get your branding right invest in yourself and i guarantee you i guarantee you it will work. Invest yes. in the equipment that you need, like to make it happen the right way. If you want to be in a big band, spend a little bit of money and get the logos, get the branding, get the cover art. If you want a big podcast, do that right up front. Present yourself as who you aspire to be, exactly. and things are going to happen. And I feel like you did that, whether you know it or not. Like oh. Walter Reed Medical Facility is where the president goes. Like that's a very, um, very important hospital for you as someone in the military going there. That's an honor all in its own. You. I 
got to be in that facility where they treat the president and nobody's on paper. Nobody's more important than the president, but that's not true. Like we all have value. We all have things that if we don't do it, nobody else can be able to do it because we have our mind. Nobody else has it. You were able to do that. You overcame these obstacles. And even now, like I'm reading behind you, it says saving money, strong shape. You've done the magazine covers. You've done the book. You've done all of the things that may have never happened without the cancer. And I'm reading your shirt now. It says, what in the hell is sarcoma? And for anybody listening that's triggered by the word hell, if you are a Christian and you believe in hell, what are we talking about right now? Just get off your high horse for a second. Let's talk about that question. What in the hell is sarcoma? You have fulfillment to be an advocate for cancer. You're strong. You're beautiful. You have so much message behind you. And then all on top of that, you started a business. Yes. 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 I can't drop this mic because it's expensive, but I need to get like a fake one. Like just drop that thing. But like, dang, like let's talk about that. Overcoming all these obstacles. You thought you were done with everything. Your career was done. I'm going to start a business. What did that look like? I Okay. So I never came from a family of entrepreneurs. I never knew people that started their own business. I, I, you know, I honestly, I had no clue. My, I had no clue how I was going to do it. I looked online, how to start your own business. I saw you have to get an LLC, got an LLC. And I would sit on the phone and talk to these people. I I got it through LegalZoom. And I just asked them millions of questions of like, what do I do now? Or where do I go? How do I get this paperwork? Or when is it going to come? And I would just ask, 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 because I didn't know who to ask. The people I, sure. were, I was around, you know, a couple years ago, they they didn't have the answers. So ask questions. Um, if you're uncomfortable with trying to find it, trying to find it out, uh, look online. You know, so find the resources or the tools that you need, or the people that can. I really wanted to own my own business. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know what it really looked like. I knew I needed a website. I didn't have any money to pay anybody. So I built one myself. I taught myself how to build a website. And how did you do that? How did I build a website? How did you learn? Huh? How did you learn? Did you go on YouTube? Oh, of course. That's college. (laughs) That's college in 2021. Let's get it. Let's go. Oh my God. That's how I do everything now. I swear. That's it. You just, I'm like, I'm making like my own little soaps and like perfumes and oils and stuff. I'm like, I'm just going to look on, look online and these really cool artistic, like arts and fluid acrylic art stuff. Just go on YouTube and figure it out. I'm I'm helping Kevin Hines. I'm helping him um, publish a book. So it's like, Go online and you'll figure it out. And YouTube is called KDP. I mean, yeah, it's all the instructions are there. So that's that's all I did. I just those were my tools and my resources was YouTube, and yeah. it helped me tremendously. And that's exactly how I did. I just stuck to that regimen, and I also was able to look at the people that I wanted to emulate or the people that were successful to me or in the field that I wanted. And they weren't like Oprah, wasn't like Beyonce, wasn't like 
you know, all these other celebrities, those people within my, what I felt like I could accomplish, you know, it was like, it wasn't too far fetched. So I would see what they're doing and I'd study their brand and I studied their Instagrams and I study and see what they're doing. I'm like, okay, I need to start doing this and I need this over here and I need to come up with these kind of logos or I need to have this kind of conversation. And it kind of just caught on from there and from like a snowball effect. So slowly but surely things started getting bigger. I was able to pitch myself to different organizations. Um, you know, I put a media kit together, but it all just took time, took time and, and vision and laser focus. I was just so focused on what it is that I wanted. And I, and I embraced when I ran into an, an obstacle or something I didn't really know the answers to. Again, I went on Google or a YouTube or I called somebody, you know, that was working in that organization and they gave me direction. But honestly, I was like a blind leading the blind. I had no clue what I was doing. Just it all ended up working out. Yeah. And nowadays there's really no excuse. Like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. I didn't go to college. Okay. I didn't go to college either. I own a PR and marketing agency. I didn't go to college for that. I learned how to pitch myself like you did, like media kits, all that good stuff. I learned how to do it. I learned that no is just another opportunity for you to pitch. Um, I've got some amazing mentors that God's placed in my life. And like, you know, if you, if you want to do something like, I don't know when and where public schools and private schools learn that you have to go to college to do things. No, teach yourself like, and even trade schools and stuff like do that. If you don't, yeah. if like, I mean, doctors, lawyers, college. Yeah. Okay. But it's very expensive. It's yeah. starting your life out in debt. And like, I just don't understand why that's the number one thing out of school. Like, why not say, Hey, go out into the real world for two or three years, figure out who you are, figure out what you want to do. You're pushing kids into debt, right? out of high school and you are saying you're teaching us to make rational decisions yet you're throwing us into something that may or may not work out i can't tell you one person that i know that went to college and finished with the degree that they started you don't know who you are you're you're 18 17 18 years old you don't know who you are i'm not the same person i was when i was 18 i'm 23 now i don't regret not going to school so Any teachers or principals or whatever, I know y'all get a commission off sending kids to school, but stop. Yeah, it's true, though. You, it, you, you're totally different from the person you were at 18, and then you don't know what you really want to do. When I went to school, I changed my degree I don't know how many times. And even now, you know, I, I wish I would have picked something different. Why not start your course at a community college and then have that done? And then like, oh, I want to do a business degree or I want to do a publicity degree or I want to like go be a brain surgeon. Like you could want to be a country music singer one day and be a brain surgeon the next. Like you're a kid. That's that's real. And I know when I was 18, 19, I was a little more like business focused, mature a little bit, but if you're listening, like you don't have to go to college right out of school, go and learn who you are, go and figure out the hard things in life. Like, Oh, like even if you don't have parents behind you, like you don't 
you don't have to do it right out of high school. And one thing that I've, I've never heard somebody say, man, I regret going to get my cores first. Never heard that. Some right. people get their cores and don't go back. Like you right. realize like, okay, I'm really good at this. I think I can make a business out of this. It Starting a business isn't as hard as people make it sound because people exactly. don't want you to succeed. They don't want you to look like you're doing better than they are. So they're not going to teach it to you. Go get your <clears> business <throat> license, learn what you want to do, get a good brand, get a good website, make sure you're doing everything legally the correct way. Right. And how do I learn that? YouTube. You ever heard of Gary Vee? He'll tell you. Yeah. And you know what? So being in the like employment industry and doing resumes all the time. So I, what I've seen my, from, from a personal perspective is there'll be two different resumes. There'll be one that somebody just graduated at school. They have a degree in the field that they're trying to do. They have another resume where this person has been working for three years. They have the experience and the credentials and everything, you know, the one that they choose is the one who has experience in real job networking, real field experience. They don't pick the one that's out of school. They want, yep. they want the one that they have to do the less investment with, you know, that they know, okay, well, this one gets it. We don't have to train this one up too much. We don't have to, um, you know, uh, whatever it is, but they're definitely going to pick the one that has already been doing the work. Yeah. The and it's like, they add, that's an asset to the brand. Yeah. And there's no shade. If you've went through school or anything, we're not, we're not making you sound dumb for going to school. This is literally just, it's, there's other options. There are other options. I went to school. I got my master's. I got a VA. I did it. I'm going to, I'm um, at Cornell right now getting the certification in HR. So I, I'm in school. I just, I wish I would have known. And I also wish that I was exposed to different industries because I didn't know about all of these jobs and, and I didn't know the names of them. I just, I didn't understand. I had no clue. You know, I was just so, I don't know what the word is. I don't know if I just didn't have my eyes open long enough from like when I was growing up, I don't know, but I feel like I was not exposed to all of these other options and occupations that are out there. I had no clue. I knew about doctors and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. athletes and lawyers and all that. I didn't know about PR people. I didn't know about, uh, you know, advertising and all these cool jobs I wish I would have done. But, you know, it's too late now. But yeah. And like, you know, I guess we could follow up with that with like, yes, further your education. But it doesn't have to look like it's made out to be. Right. I've got years and years and years of hands-on experience, master classes, um, invest in master classes. Number one, like, uh, I don't care if they're $50, $400. If you want to learn a skill, those are great ways to learn from people that are actually doing it. Do your right. research on the ones that are actually worth doing. I think, right. um, there's actually a masterclass.com right now and it's a subscription It's fairly affordable. I think it's like $20 a month or something like that, wow. but you learn from the top dogs in that. And it's a great business model. Like they're paying somebody millions of dollars in exchange for your $20 subscription to where you don't have to pay that person a hundred something thousand dollars for an hour of their time. Learn from the resources that are available to you. But if you don't want to make that investment yet, or you're still like trying to pay off debt and all Mm. of the things, YouTube is 100% free. And there's so much you can learn. Like today, 
Mm -hmm. I'm working with a lot of musicians right now on launching albums and singles and all of those things. And Facebook music videos is still a fairly new thing. Like you can monetize your music videos through Facebook now. So it used to just be YouTube for music videos and Vivo and then Vivo fell off and now it's just YouTube. Facebook's like, hey, we want to keep people on our app. So we're going to let you monetize these music videos. So there is a correct way to put them on there. There is a wrong way to put them on there. I was watching a free YouTube video that was like 20 minutes of my time today. And I learned a lot from that. So further your education, it doesn't have to be paying for it. You can learn from doing internships and listening to podcasts is so, so, so undervalued right now. I have Mm -hmm. professionals and experts and field such as yourself on this show for free all of the time to where we can teach people exactly what they may need to know in this season. And for me, it's like I have... I, I do have experts in the field all the time and we, podcasts are free. Like I'm not um, selling ad space on here. I'm not doing any of that. Whereas I could sell ad space, but why do that when I'm an entrepreneur, I could start a clothing brand and like, Hey, if you want to support the show, go um, buy some merch. If you want to start your own podcast, my agency's there to help you to do that. Transparent media co like, that's exactly what I'm here to do. I enjoy the hustle. I don't enjoy things being easy. Failure is not what it's all cracked up to be. Oh, I failed. It's such a public shame. Nah, like that's just another um, bump in the road for you to get over and learn from that. It's actually a success when you think about it. It's like, oh, won't do that again. Or maybe I could do that a different way. Don't be afraid to fail. It's such um, it's such an overrated thing. Like everybody is like, oh, I don't want to fail. Get out and strive to fail. Right. Like take the leap succeed right. at failing the way you know yeah. not to do that Ooh, again yeah. oh, i like that so, succeed at failing that's a good one at least you're trying you know and you're gonna learn you have to learn there's yeah. gonna be a learning lesson there's gonna be lesson out of that fail quote unquote I don't, they're not really failures you just you're learning you know yeah learning you gain experience yeah you're gaining experience and again like you know next time to pitch somebody this way or to capitalize on this conversation or maybe you should have said it this way so it's all preparing you for such an event in a time when it really matters yeah and i love that so much and this whole conversation like I feel like it brings a lot of value to people. Not only did we spread awareness for sarcoma, but we talked about entrepreneurship, business, overcoming failures, overcoming objections, overcoming mindset issues. Like there's so much compiled into this. Like if you didn't take notes the first time, go through and listen to it again. And that's not to toot our horn. That's just like we're offering value. And I Mm -hmm. hope and pray and believe that we are doing a very good job without you with your platform for me. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm living and learning every day. I used to think that having 10,000 followers on Instagram was going to be icing on the cake for me right now. I'm going through a phase of like, I don't feel like that's where I'm best spending my time posting on Instagram. I feel like the podcast and offering value, even though I don't have near as many people on listening to the podcast, I do follow me on Instagram. Like I want to invest my time and effort into potentially helping one person. Right start their business or jumpstart their faith journey or overcome anxiety and depression. And, you know, like just because you have a following doesn't mean that's your number one place to be all the time. Like it's okay Mm -hmm. to go back and rebrand. It's okay to go back and, Oh, 
this worked, but I'm bored with it. So let's redo it. So mm-hmm. go back to the drawing board, reset your vision board, even if you've only had it for two days. But right. I'd really like to like start to segue on ending this with what are some of the things that you've noticed in your life that I should have done that different? How can we learn from your experiences? What are some things that you would share with um people of color or people that have experienced diversity like no one else could ever realize like for me as a white person i never really realized how much um the system was playing against uh people of color like growing up i never really realized that (laughs) i grew up in a small town but i went back to the drawing board and educated myself on that and what are some things that you would teach our listeners on overcoming objection, even if they're like three key points or however you want to do it, what would you want to leave my, our listeners with? Um, I would say not to limit yourself uh, just because somebody else or the world or society might say that you're supposed to fit this certain box or this is supposed to happen. Um, create your own path and be passionate about it. Of course. Um, so for me, you know, years ago, I used to think that I couldn't do certain things because I looked a certain way or I wouldn't or certain people wouldn't like me because I looked a certain way. Really, I'm just hindering myself of these relationships or these experiences that, that I could be having because I'm limiting myself trying to fit a box that society says I should be in. And that's not the case. I would say be brave and explore and um, be your own be your own king or queen or whatever it is, you know, make your own path, make your own ways. And you'll never know if it's right, if it's right or if it's wrong for you until you actually try. So you have to take the leap of faith. Like you were saying, you just got to go and do it. The only thing that's going to happen is you're going to start back at square one, which you already were at. So you lose nothing. You gain experience. You gain experience. Exactly. And that's what it's all about. This is life. It's a journey. It's a journey and it's not perfect. It's not um, always happy. We're human. We're having human experiences, and that's okay to feel happy, to feel sad, to be angry. Um, it's, you know, that's life. You know, you can't mute those things out. I love that so much. Where could people find out about your business and follow you on social media? Ooh. All right. So um, they can follow me on Instagram. It's at brandyl.benson. And then I have Resume Advantage. It's at Resume Advantage. And my Twitter account is at Brandy L. Benson. And everything else is the same thing on uh, Facebook. So my website, BrandyLBenson.com. So that's how you can find me. It's all pretty easy. (laughs) I love that so much. And thank you so much for carving out the time to do this interview and just have this discussion. And I'm super excited to see what's next for you and your book and whole nine yards. Like I'm proud of you. I'm so thankful that you've hit your 12 year mark of being uh, past the sarcoma. Like let's go, let's get it. Like you're a survivor, you're a warrior. I'm super thankful to have your voice on the podcast and I can't wait to see what's next for you. Thank you so much, Trevor. I appreciate your time. If you aren't already, go subscribe to the podcast. Go leave a review. That helps us out a ton. And we will talk to you guys next week. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain. 
but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.